Have you watched the recent YouTube series that John Krasinski has put together called Some Good News? He said that while he and his lovely wife Emily Blunt and their kids are sheltering in place, he just wanted to think about more of the good news to balance all the bad. And he wanted other people to be able to do the same. Now, I first tuned in because his very first episode, he interviewed Steve Carell, and they talked about The Office being 15 years old. Anyway, I didn't expect all the other pieces to bring me to cry happy tears every week for five episodes now. Because John put out on social media a request for good news, and people have sent him videos from the world over of their neighbors, their community, doing things to support and encourage one another. There's everything from doctors and nurses who are singing in victory as COVID-19 patients are healed to a mailman who left little notes in all of his little customers' boxes to say, if you need anything besides mail, I'll try to help you out. Or there's another video of an electrician who was working in an area of a nursing home, found out a 94-year-old woman did not have anybody to celebrate her birthday with her, so he stood 10 feet away from her and sang to her happy birthday. They even got a video sent from the International Space Station where three astronauts tried to give tips on how to live in isolation. There's all of these great examples that I love every week watching those videos because it shows community coming together and forming new forms of community during this time. And that is what today's message is all about. How can we come together as community? And I'm very excited about our Bible story. It comes from a book that I've liked for a long time, the book of Nehemiah. Now, let me give you a little bit of history first. So God's people, the Jews, were taken captive by Babylon, a very sad time in their history. And the Jewish nobles were exiled, taken as captives, left from Israel, from Judah, as it was called at the time, and were taken over to Babylon. Now, you have a group of people living in Babylon, being raised in Babylon, and that's where Nehemiah is at this point. So his grandparents were likely the ones who had been exiled. So likely his parents' generation and Nehemiah's generation were born in captivity. They had heard stories of their homeland, Jerusalem, Judah, all of this amazing history, and yet he had never experienced it. Meanwhile, there were still Jews living in Jerusalem, but they were ruled by Babylon at that time too. Well, after, by the time Nehemiah is around, Persia has dominated Babylon, so now they're in captivity and somebody else is in control but they still have a longing for their homeland. Nehemiah, at this point, is cupbearer to the king of Persia, which means he's a very trusted official by the kingdom ruler at this point. And he hears some news about this beloved city of Jerusalem from his history, his Jewish history. And it's really devastating. Let's read in verse 3 of Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah says, the wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. So that's the news that Nehemiah gets. And he has a burden on his heart. He wants to do something about it. And so this is what he says. When I heard these things, I sat down and wept. For some days I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. I said, Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who love him and keep his commandments. 
Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. So Nehemiah confessed to God his people's sins. He confessed and he said also, God, remember your promises to us. Please open a door for me to be able to go to Jerusalem. And so Nehemiah made a request to the king and the king's heart was open to it. Nehemiah said, can I go back to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls? The king said, yes. Nehemiah gave God the glory. Now this was a big building project. In 2005, Steve and I were blessed to go to the Holy Land. We visited Jerusalem and we walked around the entire city around those walls that are there today. And that is a big area. So Nehemiah was going to need a lot of help. And the Jews still living in the area, that's who he was getting ready to call upon. So now we get to Nehemiah chapter 3. And what is it? It's a giant list of people. Now, I have to be honest. Normally, I kind of skim through these kind of lists. I typically don't think I know who they are and wonder why it's important. But there are some things that I've learned over the years. And people have pointed out some significant things. And I really treasure this chapter now. And I'd like you to go along with me. See if you can treasure it too. Okay, the first thing about Nehemiah chapter 3 is, it is a beautiful picture of community. Because we start in Nehemiah and we meet one man who has heard bad news and he has such despair. Yet we have 32 verses in chapter 3 of person after person after person who joined in with Nehemiah on this project. These are people who saw a vision that Nehemiah cast. They saw it was a giant goal, but he got them to believe that they could rebuild the wall if they worked together. Beautiful picture of community. And just like the Some Good News videos, this chapter brings me that same kind of happy tears, that joy of community. Number two, the people on this list they are doing the work, and they're from all walks of life. They come from all different regions. They didn't all live right there in Jerusalem, but they came together to form a new kind of community together. Now, some took on some tough assignments. Verse 14 says, here are the people that repaired the dung gate. Not my kind of smell. Moving on, we also see that there were both leaders and citizens who all joined in the effort together. Verse 1, right off the bat, tells us that the high priest and his fellow priests were repairing the sheep gate. There's also mentioned many times of district leaders. So there you've got your religious leaders and the priests, and the district leaders are your government leaders working side by side on this wall of Jerusalem. We also read about just irregular people. In verse 8, we've got goldsmiths, we've got perfume makers, they've all... The merchants are working together, and they're working right alongside the leaders of their community. So all of these people came together, and they formed a new community. And it makes me think of the way people have formed new communities during our current time of this pandemic. It makes me think of the organizations that have decided their companies are going to halt their manufacturing, and they are going to make personal protective equipment, because that's what the need is right now. These people gave up their day jobs. They didn't work in construction on a regular basis, but they put it aside for this big need. And I can see that in our world today. 
Number three about this chapter. I love that Nehemiah made the list. He wrote the list down because he prayed. We heard how he prayed and he was desperate and fasted and and cared so much about this project. And how did God answer his prayer? Through people. And Nehemiah didn't want to forget a single person who was part of God's answer to prayer. I love that. Do you ever write down the answers to your prayer? Do you ever make a list of the people that God used to answer your prayer? Because I think that would be quite an encouragement if we could do that. Now, in Nehemiah chapter 4, there's some tough times. This new community of people faces some opposition. People threaten them. They don't want the work to be done. And so they feel that their work and their lives could even be threatened. So for the rest of the building, they work in two groups. As one half the people work on the wall, the other half stand there with armor and weapons to guard them. When they go to get materials, it says they have materials in one hand, a weapon in the other. As they're building, it says their swords are right by their sides. Does that not seem tedious? This job is big enough on its own, much less having to figure out how to protect yourself during this time. Do you feel that? You feel that right now? Because we're all trying to live our lives. And it's frustrating enough to work, but to have to work and worry about your safety, some of you are facing that right now. To work and have to worry about if your work is going to be there the next day, some of you are facing that burden too. We've got so many burdens in life, and yet they've added more to our shoulders right now. This community faced that opposition together. And you know what? They finished the project. They built the wall. Now, I want me, us to think about people we know. Because there's an Echo family that kept coming to mind when I was reading the scripture this week. Burke and Elizabeth Schertzes. Their family, if you don't know, experienced damage to their home last year. The roof was undergoing some repairs, a a quick rainstorm popped in, the roof wasn't fully covered, and their house was flooded. They had major repairs that kept them out of their home for seven months. It's a long time to be apart from your normal routine with their lovely kids. And you know what? I was really inspired because I had heard that some Echo people had gone over, especially in the final days, to help them paint and do some other projects so they could get back in their house in time. And what a time it is for them to be able to shelter in place back in their home. And I was inspired by this story, so I I called up Burke and Elizabeth. And when I heard even more details, it made me think even more of Nehemiah. Because Burke told me that he which reminded me so much of Nehemiah, he'd go over to the house and Elizabeth would be taking care of the kids in their temporary apartment. So Burke was standing there alone looking at this house that had destruction in it. And he said not only was he doing physical work to try to to do some of the work himself and repair things, but he had the emotional work of looking at this devastation and also dealing with frustration that comes Because he said so much time and energy was spent on material things, and that's not the way his heart is. He didn't want to have to spend so much time focused on physical things. And he said it got to the point where he just felt so alone that he 
called up the men's small group and said, hey, does anybody want to come over? You don't have to do any of the work. I just need you to be here with me. I would like that. And the guys, of course, agreed. And they didn't just come over to hang out. They worked alongside of him. In fact, Eric would say, hey, men's small group tonight is at Burke's house. Everybody show up. Let's go. And Burke said if he could make a list, like Nehemiah's list, the list would be long of the number of people who helped. But I kept hearing one name come up a lot. Let me read you his exact words. Burke said Dylan would come over again and again. On very short notice, he would drop everything, leave his own family, and come over and say, what are we working on? And he would talk and joke and stay beside me and work until 1 a.m. I would try to get him to leave, Burke said, but he would stay by my side till I left. And it saved me. Those were Burke's words, that someone else's presence, being by his side, saved him. That's the kind of community and support. That's a beautiful picture of community that I see in Nehemiah and that I see in our own church. And Burke and Elizabeth, even while they were out of their home, they hosted people in their apartment. They prayed and read the Bible together. And they did it for God's glory. And they didn't want any attention drawn to it. But they were being role models for me. Because while they were being supported by other people, they continued to be supporters of people in need. Now, we said last week that we are all experiencing grief right now. And at times, you might feel paralyzed in that grief. But I want us to see this example that even while we are grieving ourselves, we also have some margin to give back to other people. If you are feeling positive and strong on one day, I hope that you will take advantage of that good feeling and check in with somebody else because it might be their dark day. And sometimes you think, well, it's just a text or I don't feel like I can do anything but text. And that may seem small, but it means a lot to people when you check in on them. I'm sure you've received a text and you felt like, hey, that was nice that that person was thinking of me. And I would encourage you to do that for your leaders as well, for our elders, Larry, Eric, Kevin, Steve, for Dylan and Kendra. They, I've seen, reach out to people and try to bear other people's burdens. But you know what feels really nice? I'll tell you that I've enjoyed being reached out to. There are days when I feel really good, and I've had a lot of good days, which I'm very blessed with. But I've had some low days. Inevitably, God uses that time for someone to send me a text to say, hey, that worship service really encouraged me. And I will be like, hey, God is moving. And he, I'm going to keep moving because he's moving. Or somebody will just say, are you okay? I'm like, you know, I don't know if I am. Thanks for asking. It feels good. And just like Nehemiah had a list, I keep thinking that we can be on someone else's list. Would you do that? Would you pray for an opportunity to be the answer to someone else's prayer this week? So that when someone else is making their list of all the people who helped them through the pandemic, that you would be on that list. That's my challenge for us. I think we are called and expected, no matter what we're going through, to also reach out to other people 
So let's be the community of God this week, this month, this year. Let's reach out. Let's be on someone else's list. Dear God, thank you so much for putting us together as Echo Church, as a family of believers. Whose list can we be on this week? Show us. Amen. Have a great week.
things you told me That you are strong And you love me Yes, you love me Thanks for joining us this week to worship together even as we remain apart. We continually thank you for being a part of the ministry work being done here at Echo Church. Please know that your continued support of Echo makes an impact both locally and globally. Look on our service page for a missionary update from Myanmar, as well as to find links to give online. Let's pray. Father God, we are thankful for who you are and everything you do. We praise you. We know that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we ask that you would help us this week to find ways to stay connected with one another, um, that we would find ways to build each other up and to be a blessing to those around us in creative ways and in uh, resourceful ways. Just open our eyes to the needs around us. We know that we all have specific ways we can give and specific ways we can help out. And that's going to look different for everyone. But Lord, we know you are good and that you have built us into a body of believers that you want to go out and to do and to serve and guide us in that. 
um, whatever it is you're calling us to do this week. Make it very clear to all of us personally and collectively. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.